Hi, I'm Brian Levy. I'm a partner at Manchester Living and the host of the Manchester Living podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to help people navigate the complex maze of elder care. So I appreciate you tuning in today. There is a lexicon of elder care terms on our website at manchesterlivingpodcast.com. Today's new and noteworthy is a PSA about scams. The American Journal of Public Health estimates that 5% of of the elder population are affected by scams. A large portion go uh, uh, unreported. It happens primarily to elderly, also municipalities and state agencies. Who pays the fastest? Well, the elderly are quite embarrassed and state agencies, they just don't have time to mess with it. So they pay. Seniors lose up to $36 billion every year on elder scams. The Federal Trade Commission reports that the median amount that someone over 80 loses is $1,000. Somebody 70 to 79 years old loses $600. Far too many elderly people fall victim to scams, and it's not their fault. This population is largely trustworthy. They're financially secure population with people with cognitive issues. Trusting people who grow up in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. They're insecure. Scammers bully the elderly. They have lowered cognition. Elderly are more likely to have dementia or other memory issues, and they're isolated. They're lonely, and they typically are friendly. They want someone to talk to. How can you protect yourselves? Well, you can install antivirus and anti-malware protection. Take time to install the latest version of your operating system. Back up your files frequently to an external source. Don't click on links or open attachments from unknown addresses. And if you are the adult child of aging parents, have the talk with your parents about checking their computers, just like you would your kids' computers. What do you do if you're a victim? Check with your antivirus provider, consult IT security specialists, change your passwords often, and report the scam to the FBI. I'd like to show you a quick clip of what one of these scams looks like. Scammers got into his computer. I clicked on it, and then all of a sudden that screen came up. Interpol and U.S. cybersecurity supposedly found Jerry's computer doing something illegal, and he could spend five years in prison. Really, it was scammers holding his computer hostage. Yeah, and it freezes everything. You can't, you can't click. You, everything is dead. To get the computer back, Jerry had to go to a local store and send money. So I toddled up there with $300. Jerry paid, not knowing what else to do. That's a lot of money to lose, you know especially when you're on a fixed income and all that. How could this happen? Data Doctor says Jerry probably clicked on something, letting the scammers into his computer. These guys are setting traps. But so far, so good for Jerry, but understandably, he worries. How do I know there isn't a bug in there somewhere yet? With that, let's jump in. I'm excited today about today's show, Care Managers and Social Workers. Who are y'all and what do you do? The community service industry is one of the fastest growing industries. In 2020, healthcare and social assistance employees close to 1.7 million people. By 2024, that will increase to 1.9 million. Two crucial roles in the community service industry are social workers and care managers. I'm excited to have you guys here today. My guests are Christy Byerly with Senior Living Specialists and Tina Lott with Caring with Grace. You guys have a lot of acronyms after your name. So Christy, why don't you start with what all these acronyms are, who you are and what you do. Sure, I have um, LMSW, comma, um, ASW-G, and uh, LMSW stands for Licensed Master Social Worker, which means I have a master's degree in social work and I took the exam to become uh, licensed. And then the 
ASW is Advanced Social Worker in Gerontology, which means that I've um, done several hours of working in the senior industry and taking education classes Great. to become certified. Okay, and Tina? So uh, mine's simple. Uh, mm -hmm. My BA is in communications, but the CMC is why we're here today. It's care manager certification. So I've gotten that. A lot of our care managers are both social workers um, or uh, nurses or a combination of both. Mine, my history comes because I was an executive director for an Alzheimer's Association in Kansas. And so I've spent 22, 20, no, going on mm -hmm. 23 years now uh, doing care management and just following people through their life journey has given me the experience uh, to get certified in care management. Great. Okay, so we're on to care management. What is care management? And oftentimes the term is confused with case management. So yeah. if you would differentiate the two and tell me a little bit about what really you do. So a lot of families and, and we are on a journey with the family, the loved ones, uh, some of our families, uh, my company has been with for 12 years. So that means they've gone through one parent and they've gone through the next parent's aging process. So care management could be, uh, you could see us as an advocate through every, every event in that person's life, helping them get through that uh, and guiding the family through the legal issues that may come up, through the medical issues, through the financial. Um, and we follow them through that journey. Um, Case management, you think of a person in the hospital that once a, a patient is in there and then they're going to go home, that case manager sets up services outside in the community. Well, that's where we kick in, where we are in that person's home. And that home could mean a, a, a family home, an assisted living, a skilled nursing, rehab. And we kind of take over what... Um, whatever aspect of their life they need help with or the children need help with. And it could be as simple as if they're living at home, suddenly they go home with home health. But what happens with, with just that home health? They're in for 30 days. What happens after that? These people, you know, this, this mom or dad still need help. How do they get groceries? How do they get groceries in? If the children live out of town, you know, all of a sudden the children has, have to take over. Oh my gosh. Now, now, do, now what do I do with mom and dad who can't go grocery shopping, who can't pay their bills, who can't do all those things? And so there we are. We kind of come in and do an assessment, and then we set up a care plan for them. Here's what their needs are. Here's, here's a cost-effective way that we can help you manage from a distance. We'll be in there taking them to doctor's appointments, doing whatever they need. But every plan is so individualized because maybe there are family members in town that can take them to the doctor. Then we don't do that. We kind of sit back and guide them and be their resource. And maybe they're in their home for five years, but then we see them declining and it's now time to place them. Then we help. We help place them or we, we call on senior specialists to help them, help us. And so, but we're there for every aspect. And we, like where senior specialists may place them, then they're done kind of we stay with them and we're helping maybe set up the care plans in the nursing homes. So again, we could be, we're that extra family extended person that a lot, a lot of times they 
consider us family, sure. and invite us to the weddings or the Christmas parties right. or whatever, because you know we've been with some of those patients. And who is your primary direct contact in a, in a family like that? Do you? Is mainly the adult. We're finding out mainly it's the adult children who are overwhelmed, and maybe they're taking care. You know, they've got kids. Or they live out of state and mom and dad are here and so were their contacts. We are seeing a, just a change in, um, we're getting a lot of younger people who realize, I don't have family. When, who's going to be there? Who's going to be my my go-to person if I end up in the hospital? Mm -hmm. I mean, I have some mid-60s that they like to travel and but they need a medical power of attorney. Sometimes we can step in as that because if something happens to them medically, they want to know someone can help them either get back to Dallas or, you know, help them with their medical needs. Right. Uh, so a lot of them, we, we're calling them elder orphans. We're trying to come up with better terms than that because, you know, but uh, like I follow someone that's in, I've had her in the home, but now she's in a facility, has no family. Well, who's checking on her? You know, who's making sure, gosh, she has new nightgowns or, you know, yeah. stuff like that. That's an interesting We're, term, elder orphans, because I work with your group quite often. And it is interesting to see how many older people don't have family near or that just don't communicate with their family. So you're almost an extension of their family. Yeah, sometimes yeah. we become, we are, we're there for them through their through their life journey. Sure. Yeah. So Christy, on your side, as a social worker, how do you engage with families like that? And what is your primary role? So my role at Senior Living Specialists is, since I, I work there as a social worker, um, but we would help with the placement. We would help um, do an assessment uh, on the family, on the patient, realize what their um, assets are and uh, care needs, location, preference, and then try to match them with the best senior living option available. But that's just like one role of a social worker. There's so many different, and I, as a social worker, I've had so many different roles. Um, I've worked at different rehabs as either the social worker or case case manager, not care manager. Um, or I, and you know, set up the home health or the next level of care. I've also, as a social worker, been a clinical liaison at a rehab where I'm going out and doing the assessments on the patients before they even come to rehab. Um, then you've got like home health social workers who are doing a lot of trying to find community resources. Um, That's a big need mm -hmm. because, I mean, social work is because, you know, a lot of families, it, even, even for individuals, if they have $100,000, you want to, they're going to spend that down very quickly. So and fast. then going on to Medicaid and all that, there's just such a need for that kind of social work mm -hmm. in case to tie them into those services. Mm -hmm. Because we all are not, we all don't have a million. I mean, right now they say for an individual, uh, once they start needing help, they're going to need probably 750000 to manage them because they're going to live five, six years. And it costs in facilities or it costs for 24-7 care. And so we do, we do go through that too of, you know, we have families tell us how much do you have because we're going to be realistic and we're going to try to help you your parent live through how much they have, but also set up a plan for when they need. So extra you'll care. take a budget, set a goal, establish a plan, and then execute. Uh -huh. And be a realistic that, that there could be, you know, hey, we're we're going to give them the quality of life that that they deserve for as long as possible. Mm -hmm. But here, you know, here's what happens when all that runs out right. and stuff. So that's, right. you know, because families have no idea. They don't know the difference between Medicaid, mm -hmm. Medicare, 
you know, well, what's, what's the social worker's responsibilities in the hospital? I mean, they think, oh, well, the social worker from hospital is case manager is sending them home with, with home health. Oh, good. Well, they're going to be taking care. Well, no, that just means they're coming in a few times a week, you know, so to do therapies or nurse. The families on every step of the way. Mm -hmm. So, you which is a lot what social work sure. does too, whatever format or whatever business they're in. Which begs the question, how are y'all compensated? I mean, there's so many different ways to work with people like you guys. I mean, there's a lot of private pay involved, isn't there? It's really all private pay. And that's why, you know, we're getting a lot of children that go, you know, it would be costly for them to come from New Jersey back and forth to Dallas. So to pay us to do that and give them peace of mind. And again, we try to set up the most cost effective in realities. And there's going to be things where, you know, if we set up a medication machine instead of a nurse coming in. Well, I mean, we're going to do our best to make sure they're taking their medications. But if they can't afford anything else, then then. You know, but we educate the family about here's the realities. The right. same with falls. You're not going to prevent a fall at home no more than you're going to prevent it in assisted living, really. But yeah. you're going to have eyes on them maybe sooner in an assisted living. Right. And you make so, a great point. The, 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 the adult child that's raising a family and in the middle of their busy career in New Jersey and mom still lives in Dallas, what do they do? It's like almost like you're a surrogate child in that family. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, we become their eyes and ears and their education about. And, and then we're, we're setting expectations and reality for them that you're going to do the best you can, but, but the reality is mom's going to fall. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we're not going to be able to stop that. And, so I like these examples, you know, an accountant, a banker, an investor, they take care of the finances. An attorney takes care of legal issues and you guys take care of the health care and the long-term care needs. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I will say that senior living specialist is free. So that's not private pay, but it costs money, you know, to go to the places. Um, and I don't think there's a lot of social workers that are actually private pay. I would say most of them are covered by Medicare, unless you're like in that type of role. But if you're um, through the hospital, that's going to be more Medicare or the hospital. So when would a family know it's time to call you? At Senior Living Specialist, when they think that they either need resources for caregiver agencies, um, or they think it's time to look at options for assisted living, memory care, group homes, independent living. And this is where we say plan in advance. Yes, exactly. Right? Exactly. Plan. All of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what would yeah. be a good time for families to start calling you? When, when they know that they're not able to take care of it or, or know enough to know the healthcare system to be able to even start thinking about what's next for my parent. Because mm -hmm. we'll go in and do an assessment and then we'll, we'll give them recommendations about what your next step should be, sure. taking everything into account because that's the difficult part. You know, they could come out of the hospital and and they've got this um, medical needs that they know that the hospital has said yes, your your person's going to need rehab or they're going to need home health and that, but they're not encompassing everything that that person has oh. or their wants and needs too. We really do have to take in the you know the person's wants and needs and, and incorporate that into their care plan like what do they want for their future and sometimes you know we often you know families will say my mom says she does never want to go into a nursing home or whatever well that that's good but but let's we have to help educate families and say 
we'll try to do that as far as we can. But if they're, you know, giving them the reality and the expectations and we work, you know, uh, we've worked back and forth with senior mm -hmm. specialists that because we uh, um, use them help for placement and that because I can't know all the facilities right. and that. Uh, my goal is to help that person and, and the family once they give us the facilities and that and say, go over, okay, here's here's what I know about those places. And and then a lot of times senior specialists are calling us afterwards because they know the family dynamics. Mm -hmm. This family is not going to be able to handle everything that's going on in this person's life. And they call us in to help. Mm -hmm. you know, And so. that's what I was going to say too. It's like anytime somebody needed a resource, they could call us and we, if they're out of town or they need more help than what we can provide, we, we do refer to them because it, it sure. is a teamwork. It's just trying to help. Yeah, the there thing. is, there's so much need now. And after the COVID pandemic and everything, we're just people, people have not done well, either in homes or facilities right. with kids not visiting and stuff. We are, it's just amazing. And then, like I said, this younger generation of group is coming up after going through the pandemic and going, okay. I don't have family. I, I may have close friends, but I can't, I can't tell them or my church group, but I can't, you know, put that burden on them to take care of me. And, and I need, I need to set a plan now sure. because even at mid seventies, I could fall or I could have a stroke. And where am I? Who's going to take care of me? Who's going to, who's going to carry out my wishes? As I say at the beginning of every show, the purpose of the podcast is to help people navigate the complex maze of elder care. And you guys are the navigators. Mm -hmm. Y'all are really helping people learn. I mean, like, you know, our phones ring and people are in crisis mode and, oh my gosh, what do I do? Calm them down. Mm -hmm. You establish a plan, figure out what their goal is and, and execute. What does a typical client look like to you? Mm, gosh, there's so many. I know, right? God, that's a tough question. Um, anyone who has a loved one that's elderly or even not elderly, but needs help with anything, resources, or mostly like finding a place to live. Um, but ideally we work with private pay. So, I mean, we do have resources for others, but, or at least guide them to where the next option would be to look. Um, but mostly private pay, if it's gonna be assisted living or independent living, memory care, residential care homes. And your primary role is to help people navigate placement, meaning where are they now and where should they go next? Yes, and trying to avoid that crisis mode. Let's get something in your back pocket where when mom or dad does fall next, you've got your plan in place so you're not also dealing with a medical issue and a crisis at the same time. Right. So that's why it's good to get started beforehand because the crisis will happen and then it's just more and more stress. Right, and I think it's important for people to know there's a place for everybody. Yes. So yes, yes, there are the $8,000 and $10,000 mm -hmm. a month facilities mm -hmm. in town but there are also other options there as are, well. There are, there are, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what does a typical client look like to you, Tina? So still with the this older generation, they're very proud and they think they can, they believe they can take care of themselves. So our typical clients are usually the older or the uh, children that are going, okay, I know mom and dad need help. They're kind of resistant, but can you come in and, and help us um, set up a plan for them. And when we, when we tell them that our goal is to keep them as independent for as long as possible and help them use their resources wisely, then, then the parents seem to buy into that. I, like I tell them, you have a legal advisor, you have a tax accountant, we're your healthcare advisor to get through this maze because we know the cost of healthcare and long-term care is all over the board. And we're your, I mean, we help get long-term care 
insurance policies activated and that. So, and then we're also seeing that 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 65 to 70 year old now coming up, that generation coming up to say, I need a plan in place, which is great. Sure. You know, so those are kind of the two types of clients, the adult children that are going, okay, we need to come in because we're too busy. And we just, we don't know, we don't know this maze. And then the kind of younger, older adult that's getting into their 60s, 70s that going, I need a plan. Mm -hmm. That's great, yeah. great. Okay, Christy, what haven't I asked you that I should be asking you? Um, I don't know. I think, I mean, that covers a lot. I just think social worker is such a big umbrella that it's hard just to, just to like put it, uh, like just my job at senior living specialist. Like there's, I mean, you know, there's so many different social worker roles and they do so many different things, adult protective services and all, all the different things. So sure. I would just say that it's very, it can be, it's an umbrella. It's an umbrella. Yeah. I know Paul has you wearing many hats. And you yes. Do, you do it all really well. <laughs> Tina, what haven't I asked you that I should be asking you? So you had mentioned that we're private pay. So what I would encourage people to think about is the cost effectiveness of if getting a plan together is certainly, I mean, we've helped people save lots of money. We've gotten their long-term care insurance activated. And our goal is to make the most cost-effective plan for them and to save them money in, in, in their plan. Mm -hmm. And we also help a lot of children get their parents on Medicaid and things. Now, they'll pay for us, but we get that all set up. And it just it's a cost-effective way to put a plan in place and help your parent or your loved one. We also deal with disabled adult disabled uh, children that the parent is 80 and the child is 45 and we're dealing with and put it together a cost-effective plan and then we're there for them for the journey we have clients I have some clients when I came to Dallas here I'm still with five six years my boss Angela has some she's been with for 12 years I, helping them through it that is remarkable journey. to see how you guys work with generations after generations and i get some of those calls from from people at your company and i can't believe that oh we've worked with so-and-so's daughter's daughter mm -hmm. it's amazing yeah. you guys have been great i'm really appreciative that you guys have been on the show Thank today you. i'm going to throw it over to the nugget oh. we have a quick nugget today um and i, and I saw this and i just I, I wanted to share it with my viewers the biggest difference between money and time you always know how much money you have, but you never know how much time you have. And I guess the main takeaway from that is live in the moment. All right, guys, this is my favorite part of the show. Oh. Yes, this is the opportunity <laughs> oh, for my viewers to get to know you personally. Oh, no. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Christy. <laughs> Good, you go first. Right? How did you know this was your professional calling? Uh, when my brother had cancer when he was five, I knew that I wanted, I was seven, I knew that I wanted to help not just the pa the patient who's going through treatment, but the entire family. That's so nice. since I was seven. <laughs> but I also, as soon as I, I didn't know what that looked like, but as soon as I walked into my first social work class, um, I was like, five minutes, this is this is it, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. I didn't know right. psychology, you know, I just didn't know, but I, I, I felt it right when I walked in. Tina? Um, so I worked in television and communications, and I got tired of telling the stories. I wanted to be a part of fixing the stories. And so I got into nonprofit and Alzheimer's Association and said, this is a gap. People don't know how to get through this maze. And so I started searching out and found 
And how long have you been in the elder care business? Uh, since the early 90s, when Alzheimer's and President Reagan came around, I started there. And so it's been 23 years now, I think, Amazing. that I've been doing it. Christy, how long have you been in the business? 17 years. Nice. You look like you're 17. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I know we talked a little before. What, what licenses do you hold? Mine is a uh, care manager certification. So you, and we're part of a national aging life care association. They changed their name away from geriatric care managers because we're so much more encompassing now, right. but it's a certification and we have to keep up with our CEUs and things like that. Uh, LMSW, which stands for licensed master social worker. And that I have an advanced social worker certification in gerontology. Beecher Mountains. Beach. Beach or mountains? Beach. Beach, really? Favorite vacation destination? From the past or where I want to go? Next? Just in general. South Africa. Nice. Australia. Where did you go to college? Southwest Texas and UT Arlington. And I went to Missouri Southern Texas, or in can't or not Kansas, in <laughs> Missouri. <laughs> Missouri. <laughs> Christy, celebrity crush. Oh, um, Brad Pitt. Okay. I don't know. Tina. Mine was John Travolta. Okay. Mac or PC? Mac. Mac or PC? Uh, Mac. Surf or turf? Surf. Vegetarian? Wow. But if I, I would, I would pick a steak. Oh, over. Nice. Are you a dog person? Dog and cat, though. Anything. Both. Chris, are you a dog. crier? You're a dog oh. person. Are you a crier? Yes. You are a crier. Okay. Second language? No. Second Spanish. language? Spanish. Uh, last speeding ticket? 17. When I was 17. Wow. Last speeding Gosh, ticket? when I was taking my kids to the zoo, and that has to be 20 years ago. Nice. All right. Last question. Can you write in cursive? Yes. Can you write in cursive? Yeah. Well played. I think you shouldn't have to answer those questions, too. No, this is not about <laughs> me. It's about you. Thank you both for being Thank here. You. Please share with my audience the best way to reach you. Um, you can reach me at 214-418-9081, Senior Living Specialist, and our website's www.seniorlivingspecialist.com. Tina? Um, Caring with Grace Dallas, just Google that and you'll you'll come up with our website. We have eight um, care managers in the area. We can cover all of the Dallas Metroplex, but we can help you anywhere. Um, 972-816-9122. And of course, you can find the Manchester Living Podcast on Facebook at Manchester Living Podcast, our website, manchesterlivingpodcast.com, and you can dial us up on, on iTunes as well. I've been in your seat. Don't go back to Google. Call me. I'm happy to help. Thanks for watching today.